It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to our Week 11 College Football on Fox Spaces, brought to you by the fine folks at Wendy's. I'm National College Football Analyst R.J. Young. I'm joined by Fox Sports Analyst Jeff Schwartz. Uh, Big guy, we got the Wendy's tonight. I enjoyed my double cheeseburger and my fries. How was your Wendy's? Oh, it's delicious as usual. It was fantastic. I just picked the kids up from from a little Hebrew school, came back. It was it was ready, waiting for me for my radio show. And I mean, this is a great time of year. I know it's week eleven. It's a little sad. We're getting kind of to the end of it, but we got action now during the week. We got big games this weekend. Big games next weekend. Like we're coming down the stretch, man. It's a great time to be a college football fan. It feels like just as I'm getting used to the cadence of the college football playoff rankings release, we're going to start it all over again in a couple of years because the second week that the college football playoff rankings are released, we get great matching being played almost certainly afterward. We got the start of college basketball season, but we are also getting to the nitty gritty, the fine details of fine tuning who are the four best teams in college football as we see it and what the college football playoff is going to look like. We got a little bit closer to that in week 11, and I want to start with that by asking you, Jeff, what stood out to you, a top-line thought about this week's college football playoff rankings? Uh, the top-line thought is, is it should all play out in, in front of us, right? Is, and I know it's a boring thing to say, but as someone with a team you know, in, in rooting interest of this with the Oregon Ducks, um, it kind of will all play out in front of us, in, in my opinion. Um, you know, There were some downstream things I thought were very interesting, like Notre Dame being 20th. Uh, oh, okay. Cool. Um, yeah. All right. You, they lost to Stanford a month ago, but oh, okay. Like I, I get it. Six and three, man. Like, all right. Um, you know, I thought the UCLA being 12 was kind of ludicrous when UCLA, when USC is eight, who has zero wins against ranked opponents. Um, they have been uh, Cal by six. Ooh, Arizona by seven. Wow. The Beavers by three, like the Bruins have two wins against top 25 teams including a team 13th in the poll. Like I just saw there's some downstream things I think are fairly interesting, but the top feels about where it's supposed to be. And again, this will all play itself out, right? Teams will play each other and it all work itself out. But I felt it was pretty fair um, kind of where they put everyone and kind of the expectations of the teams moving forward. I find it fascinating that we can form together like Voltron against Notre Dame, because that has been my whipping boy of choice this week as Hey, man, uh, Notre Dame uh, is really questionable. As a matter of fact, Stanford stands for we beat Colgate, Arizona State, and Notre Dame. That's on your resume, Notre Dame. And I understand you got to win against Clemson and 27-0. and 0. I think it's actually 33-0 and 0 in ACC competition. But as I said, what good is being undefeated in the ACC if you can't win no natty? And then Brian Kelly says, that's why I went to LSU. 
and upset against, I want to say they were nine and a half point dog to Alabama when they played that game. That's outstanding. But to your point about the Pac-12, it's going to be very interesting. I find it fascinating that you, Oregon Duck fan, and also lead USC hater has to need, not has to need, you need, yes, 100%, you need USC to remain a one-loss team until they play, hopefully, in the Pac-12 championship against your Ducks if you want to get into the college football playoff. But, you know, my sense is, Jeff, you could – you could take it or leave it. Like you, you, what, you what, you'd rather what, play in the Rose Bowl we, we at can't this have, point. We, what's wrong? What's wrong with the one loss UCLA team in the Pac-12 championship game? Ooh, so you're gonna the team you were just telling me is not very good. You want to have them in the Pac-12 championship? No, 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 no. It was the other way around. You're telling oh, me USC okay. right, was right. USC okay. was already no. Got you. UCLA's gonna beat USC next weekend. I'll tell you right now. We're gonna preview this game next Tuesday. I'm gonna tell you right now. They're going to beat USC next weekend. Okay. USC made Jake Plummer. Who's Cal's quarterback? Look like Pat Mahomes on on he on did, Saturday no, night. They like, scored thirty five. Like it was your point they that was more raised. Like to, against the point USC you about then then they then UC then against UC Davis points and yardage. Look like look look USC is exactly what I thought they'd be. Offensively incredible. Caleb Williams is amazing. He is so good. They're not they're not even playing with with Williams or Addison right now. Right? They're they're, they're O lines, but their defense couldn't stop. The four of us, right? Me, you, and our two production staff from scoring <laughs> this weekend. It is what it is. Like you can't be that bad on defense and and beat UCLA. It's not going to happen. To to in our defense, our production staff is actually deeper than two people. But well, the, point the is people that I see, it, the people that I see before okay. we come on, I was two, well, okay. Two, like okay. To, to your point. <laughs> Like, I was thinking as I'm watching this game play out, man, Jeff is just losing his mind because it's going the way he always says it goes, which is they're going to score a bunch of points and they're going to count on taking the ball away from the offense as they give up a ton of yardage and more points. But, hey, credit to Alex Grinch, who has made it very clear he cares about tackles for loss and takeaways. And that has led to a one-loss start to the season against a team that is ranked inside of the top 25 in Utah and a team we all think is very good. Uh, I also think that it's important to point out uh, in these college football playoff rankings that the top four all control their own destiny, which is kind of yes. nice to see. That's that's very nice to see. I enjoy that aspect of it. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the playoff as it pertains to the games. But biggest game on the schedule this week for you and I, Indiana at number two, Ohio State. That is big noon Saturday's game. Gus and Joel and Jenny will be on the call for that. I got to ask, what are you looking for from Ohio State in this game? Maybe to show that they're not, yeah. Going to go the way they did against Northwestern, maybe. Well, Indiana's not—that's not a problem. I mean, even if that okay. happens, right. we saw what happened. My thing is like, I, I want a little sense of urgency from from the fellows up front, man. Like, come on, guys! Like, you're a bunch of four and five star kids. Like, can we can we see a little like, yeah, like a like we're better than Indiana. Let's just kick their ass. Like, you know, like they haven't really done that at times. Their offensive line is frustrating because they they can be much better in my opinion like they have a talent they just they just year after year that's kind of an issue um but you know i have been a doubter of michigan all year like oh how's it's going to beat them again like uh, uh, eh. i know not again but you know like but like i, I just i, I got to see i want to see the physicality i want to see that show up against a bad indiana team right i want to see running the ball i know you're out you're running back i want to see running the ball again i want to see kind of like this physicality return to this team a little bit. Um, and it's weird to say that because their offense is still really good, right? If you look at the efficiency numbers, they're great. But I, that's what I want to see this weekend. Like, Indiana is an inferior opponent. 
you should dominate inferior opponents. And even I know it was rainy and windy in Northwestern last weekend, but like, come on. So I, I want to see that this weekend as they get, you know, kind of into, into really kind of preparing for, for almost Michigan mode to get Maryland and then Michigan. So I want to see that, RJ. I want to see that like an um from the offense. Um, and if I have to see JTT make one more play, I'm going to be very <laughs> upset because another one got away from the West Coast. Another one did. Um, man, that kid is, whoo, he is, is advertised. So I just want to see the offensive line kind of come and bring it on Saturday against Indiana. It's a great point. JT turnovers, JT Tui Maloao has been outstanding. Ugh. Had one of the best games we've seen by a defender maybe in 10 years. Like, I think you got to include Chase Young and Dominican Sue in there, but I take it all the way back to 09. To your point, though, about the offensive line, a couple things there. Uh, we got to go to, or I should say, I and producer Tyler got to go to Ohio State to see their game against Iowa. And uh, producer Tyler was like, Dewan Jones is enormous. That is, that is their right tackle, uh, and he is. And you look oh, that, at that that offensive line, yeah. and you expect them to be able to mash. And frankly, if you're a Buckeye fan, you don't feel good about your inability to run the football against teams that are inferior. Now, it came on late for Mayan Williams when they hit, I think he had 26 rushes for 111 yards in their win, 21-7 against Northwestern. And the conditions were frightful. 50-mile-an-hour gusts. You're also playing in the rain. You're not really in a in a passing situation, though I think C.J. Stroud managed to pass for 79 yards and rush for 76. It's that kind of game for them. However, those are the games in which you're supposed to impose your will. And knowing that yes. you've got Michigan really playing great football, particularly running the ball, you got to be able to run it against them. Otherwise, it's not going to be as difficult to Correct. stop you, even when you have those four and five stars on the outside and C.J. Stroud, a Heisman candidate at quarterback. I'm with you. I want to see them physically. I want to see them out man someone particularly in indiana now in indiana's defense they beat illinois which until michigan state did it last week was something nobody else could say right now we were looking at that going illinois what happened to you and as more enthusiastic i'm more enthusiastic about going hey indiana might be that good at least defensively now they started they started a quarterback last week in jack tuttle who was also in the transfer portal you got to be able to take advantage of that if you're ohio state right like that indecision or at least that indecision in the place person playing quarterback ought to speak uh, volumes in as far as what you should be able to do against Indiana. But again, to your point, we want to see them just blow out Indiana, beat an inferior yes. opponent, and prove that number two ranking. Yeah. Yes, like yes, like I, I, I. People often say when discounting teams is that well they didn't play anybody, and that's certainly true. There are teams that have lighter schedules, and that's and that's the way it works. NFL, college football. But to me, if you dominate inferior opponents, that's okay with me. Like I check that, like that checks the box. Okay. Now, of course, when you play better teams, you still have to bring that same game. And, and, and of course, playing better teams typically prepares you for better teams later on. But to me, if you dominate bad teams, that still means you're a good football team. I, I used this earlier against USC, like they're not dominating bad football teams, right? Like, oh, so I want to see Ohio state dominate Indiana. They're a bad football team. Put your foot on their throat and win the game by a lot. That's what you do if you are the second best team in the country. I'm with you. I think we're in agreement there. I would love to see Ohio State at least uh, show us, or Michigan for that matter, show us that they are going to be a challenge for Georgia in a college football playoff should they get that opportunity. Uh, Next game on the schedule for us, number four, Texas Christian at number 18, Texas. (laughs) Very fascinated by that game. Uh, We also have a fan question. That corresponds to that game. The question comes from Paulzer Harrison. I want to say Harrison Paulzer. Um, yes, I'm right. Harrison Paulzer. 
do you think TCU can contend with the rest of the top four, Jeff? Um, no one's beating Georgia probably. <laughs> so the rest of the top four, yeah, I, I think they could hang with Ohio State and with Michigan and with and with Tennessee uh, and and uh, Ohio State, Michigan, Tennessee, kind of Oregon, like kind of the top oh, hold on, teams, hold, right? Hold on, hold on, uh, Michigan. No, so I'm Georgia. just talking about like the teams like in the uh, Georgia, they cannot hang with kind of the rest okay. of the teams like around the top eight. Okay. So you're saying everybody, but Georgia. Yes. Everyone, okay. but Georgia. All right. Okay. Um, okay. That maybe that's simpler to say. Um, yeah. yeah. Everyone, but Georgia, like there's no the, Georgia. I mean, when they, they're, they're a lot like some professional teams that kind of show. And then like, they have that important game and they just go out and kick everyone's ass. And they're like, yeah, that team's pretty good. Like Georgia just was kind of in that mode where like, ah, then it was like, the Tennessee game, we saw Georgia. Like we saw, I mean, Jalen Carter solidified the first pick overall in the draft in this game, right? Like they they came to play in this game. Um, but TCU's they're great, man. They they their concern for me is the starting slow issue, right? Is this the starting slow? Um, and against Texas, though, Texas doesn't finish well. Like, I don't know if it matters. Like, I, I don't know. I, Texas can certainly score a bunch of points in this game, and I'm sure they will, but I don't know if. TCU starting slow will matter much in this one, right? RJ, like, what is Texas path to win right now? They have to win this game in the forties, right? Probably to win this game. Like, I just don't know if Texas and the analytics, by the way, put Texas as the favorite in this game. I don't, I don't see it. Um, but to so me, I just the spread. Yeah. I believe the spread. Yeah, does I, too. yeah. I think the spread is like, it was like seven. I think I was actually going to look that up right now. Um, the spread is seven. Oh man. Mr. Tyler, is... if you can get that to us, uh, let us know. Cause I'd be interested. Yeah. I think the spread is seven. So um, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty big spread for a ranked for a TCU team. I just don't think Texas can do this, man. I don't, what is, what is shown? I guess the Bama game maybe showed that, but other than that this year, again, they've in these games, like you expect them to win. They just, they just don't do it very, it just don't do it enough for my, in, for my liking. I don't, it's more of a, of anti-Texas take than like a pro TCU take. Well, and I can understand that, right? As a guy who was saying that Texas is back and they showed what they're capable of against a good Alabama team, maybe not the best Alabama team we've seen in the last 10 years, but good enough, right? Especially with a first-year quarterback and going into year two of the Steve Sarkeesian experience. But I'm with you in as far as Texas Christian suffers the same problem that Ohio State does. They start slowly and they live to come back in the late third and fourth quarter to win football games. That really does annoy me. but. I also don't believe that if you put Texas Christian in the same game with Michigan and Ohio State, that you're going to get a game. I think that it would probably be the kind of spread that we're looking at for Texas, where one is a seven-point favorite, which says more about what Texas isn't, uh, or, or could be, I should say, than what Texas Christian is. Because I'm looking at this, and I'm going, Texas is the most talented football team in this league, and one of the most talented football teams in the sport. You ought to beat up on a TCU, but frankly, yeah. TCU has got some gestalt going on. They are better than the sum of their parts. They started yeah. Chandler Morris this year. Max Duggan came off the bench. He's played himself into yeah. a fringe Heisman candidate. Kendra Miller, the best tailback nobody talks about. Joe Gillespie, a guy I'm very familiar with uh, as a defense coordinator at, at Tulsa, developed guys like Zayvon Collins. He's their defense coordinator at TCU. They play foot nine. They rush the passer. They play outstanding man coverage. If you can do those things against Texas, you can win. But Quinn Ewers is special. Bijan Robinson is even more special. Oh, it's good, yeah. I'm not really convinced that 
Texas Christian could go beat Texas, and I want to be. I want to be. I want to see TCU show that they can do what Georgia does. To your point, Georgia is a team that I think it's their youth that shows against Kent State and Missouri rather than they're not that good because I thought at the time, hey, they might not be that good. Maybe Oregon's better than we than we thought, and I still think Oregon's better than we thought. However, Georgia looks at the, at the schedule and says, Kent State, cool, we'll beat them. Doesn't matter by how much. Yeah, Missouri, yeah. cool, we'll beat them. Doesn't matter how, by, by how much. But when you challenge them with putting number one Tennessee in their uh, coming to their house, they say, okay, now we have to remind you why we are the defending national champions. I'd yes. love to see that from Texas Christian. I'd love to see them say, no, 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 this is our league now. Oklahoma and Texas are leaving. We're about to show you why. I, I would love it too. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think they will do that. But the slow starts do worry me because eventually – that becomes a problem, RJ. Like you can't just keep doing that and expect to win games, especially on the road. And so I'm curious if that becomes a problem in this one. If you get down 14 nothing, you let Bijan Robinson get you know get after things. That's a problem. By the way, I, I have a little bit of a of an early man crush on Calvin Banks, the true freshman left tackle of Texas. Now Playing he was supposed to come, off, yeah. Supposed to come to Oregon. Unfortunately, the, the Mario knew you got him out of there. He was committed to Oregon. He was committed. He left when when Mario left. I wonder if he regrets that now, man. You know, Oregon's got the hey, one of the better. Riley was committed to Oklahoma. Yeah, well, sure, fair enough. You <laughs> say, yeah. sir. Yeah. But like he is, dude, he, guys, if you watch one, the true freshman left tackle at Texas is really good. He is really good. Well, and it's a point that we had raised in the preseason, which was that he was going to have to be for them to have a chance, right? Because you were going to throw out their Kyle Flood and said, we're going to play our best five. And everybody looks at that and says, oh, no, that's, that could be bad, dog. Like, you you probably need to play the guys that know how to play football. And yeah. Kevin Banks has played his behind off since he got there. Uh, let's move to the game I know that you're locked in on. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Number 25, Washington at number six, Oregon. That is at seven o'clock Eastern time on Fox. The way I want to set this up is by saying I'm in a group chat where we talk ball with Jeff and we were talking about Georgia, Tennessee. And Jeff says, hey, hey, can you can you not? This is this Washington, Oregon week. This, this is the week that matters. Yeah. Well, for those who, who don't realize, um, Oregon and Washington are direct rivals. Oregon State and Washington State are like the are like the little stepbrothers. Like they're just like it's not like I and remember, Oregon State has had more success against Oregon and played in more, we played in more important games. Oregon State, Oregon over the last 20 years. And yet right. we're like, ah, all right. Like take it or leave it. Yeah. But Washington, man, can't can't stand them. I'm not going to cuss <laughs> on this podcast, but we can't. Washington is just and RJ. Washington has won six games in the last 26 appearances against Oregon. That the one year it was skipped was the COVID year. Uh, more recently, they Oregon's won 15 of 17. I never lost to Washington, so Oregon has dominated this. And I'm telling you right now, they're going to score at will in this game. Um, Washington is in the 90s in points per drive on defense. 
when they played any offense with a semblance of a pulse, UCLA, Arizona, they've allowed a ton of points. Uh, they played worse on the road this year. Look at, at UCLA, at Arizona State, two of their losses. At Cal, only win that game by seven. This game is in Oregon, um, and I have not seen Oregon this year. I guess the first three drives against Cal kind of stunk, but they really haven't played like a stinker. Like They just come out each week with new things to do, new plays to run. Their offensive line has yet allowed a sack this season. Um, I just don't know if Washington can slow them down at all. And I think Oregon's defense can do enough for Washington's passing attack. Something to notice in this game can be geeky like me. Washington doesn't pass the ball very often in the middle of the field. And if you watch them play better defenses, Cal, UCLA, they have trouble because it's fairly obvious what they're doing. They don't run the ball enough, which they should run it more. They're like 120th in the country in rush attempts per game. And they just sit back and pass the ball. And if they have a three and out, it takes 45 seconds. They punt the ball back, and now your defense is back on the field. And we're seeing their, their offense of numbers kind of slowly decline each week as they kind of play better opponents too. So um, I think Oregon wins this game, and we get ready for Utah in a glorious weekend of Pac-12 football next weekend, uh, UCLA, USC, and Oregon, Utah. Um, I just love our coaching staff, man. I, I just I, – I know, look, Lanning may or may not leave. I don't think he will, but that answer he gave yesterday was fantastic. Um, he's a good coach. He's just a good coach. They're well-coached. Uh, Bo Nix might end up in New York at some point. I don't know. Well, maybe premature discussion, but playing his ass off, man. So uh, I'm looking forward to this game. Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern, man. My wife, my wife even asked me to go on a date this weekend. And I was like, Oregon Washington's on, babe. Sorry. I turned down a date with my wife. I, we go like three dates a year, during, three dates a, a season. I turned one down to watch this game, man. It's a Washington week. It matters. Hey, man, I have that same conversation every week. It's it's football season. I, I'm on the clock 24-7. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. You know, uh, as, as much as, as, as much as this job is awesome. Those are, those are sometimes uncomfortable conversations to have. You know, another uncomfortable conversation for me to have is, yeah, your man, Bo Nix, he's a Heisman candidate, especially after what we have seen since week two. He has been one of the best players in the country since week two. And a 46 point loss is really difficult to forget. It's also really difficult to forget that Bo Nix versus an SEC opponent hasn't been great. And that probably doesn't change unless we see some drastic moving and shaking at the top. But I'm also going into this game going two of the, or should I say three of the four best quarterbacks, I believe in that conference are all transfers, right? And I could yeah. throw Dorian Thompson Robinson or Cam Rising in there at number four, but Caleb Williams, Michael Penix Jr. And of course your man, Bo Nix have been playing their behinds off to your point that Dan Lanning uh, gave a great answer. I believe it was, and I'm paraphrasing here. They say the grass isn't always greener, but it's pretty damn green in Eugene. I'm very happy here. And I said, yeah, hey, man, that's what everybody wants to hear. You don't want to hear your coach talking about, yeah, I've got everything I want over here and or I'm happy. No, you just want to unequivocal. No, I'm here. I want to be here. And frankly, why wouldn't you want I, to it be was, there? Loved it. it. Well, I could. So I, we're I, in agreement that Dan Lanning is the last thing I'll say. The, the last thing I'll say. The last thing Go I'll ahead. say on this is that if Dan Lanning wins, if he gets to 10, 10 wins, which is quite mm -hmm. possible, he'll be the fifth coach to win 10 games since 2005 at Oregon. Like Jeez. we win a lot at Oregon. Yeah. Bilotti, right. In, 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 in 05, we won 10 chip, Helfridge, Mario and Lanning. You, you win a lot of Oregon. It's a good place to be. Like, I don't, so I, I it's, yeah, it's impressive. Yeah, I know. I'm ready for that. Stats coming out after their 10th win on Twitter. It's going to be out there. 
look here. Uh, I will never let anybody forget that Joey Harrington was on the cover of my NCAA jewel box. And I said, for who, for what, for who, for what? And ever since they've been pretty damn good. And they've been one of those programs that we have to talk about in college football. Also uh, closing and end that I opened uh, the spread is Texas as a seven point favorite against Texas Christian yeah. in Austin, according to Fox bet. That's a full touchdown. For the number four team and a nine and zero Texas Christian Horn Frogs, I would take that part personally if I were them. Last game yes. that you and I need to talk about tonight: number nine Alabama at number eleven Ole Miss. A lot of juicy details here. The first for me is that Alabama is coming off its second regular season loss in a season for the first time since uh, I should say its second regular season loss in a season before Thanksgiving since twenty ten, and they haven't had a three loss season since twenty ten. It yeah. feels like Lane Kiffin is due to beat his mentor. What do you think? So Alabama, let me make, pull, pull this up just to make sure I have this correct. They have played four road games this season, all right? Mm. At Texas, I think we agree that maybe if Quinn Ewers was healthy, that's a loss, but it wasn't. They won by one. At Arkansas, remember the game was like tied at halftime, right? And there's something, something around there that Alabama took off, right? At Tennessee, Gibbs, yeah. lost. And then at LSU, lost. Now they're at Ole Miss. They played the worst games of the road. That's been a trend, by the way, this season. A lot of a lot of road teams are not winning games that uh, you know as they we sh- maybe seen previous years, and that's tough because I think they're just not as good, and so on the playing on the road is more difficult. Um, you know, the the wide receivers aren't as good as they have in the past. Offense line is just not quite as good. Bryce Young's fantastic. You know, defensively, um, Will Anderson, great, right? But like. I don't know their defense is as feared as it used to be. Um, and this is the kind of the, the you know, people for a long time said that NIL was going to be bad for the sport. And I think me and you very strongly pushed back against that. But we're seeing this now where, like, if you if Georgia for two or three years pulls away two recruits here from Alabama, if, if, if Miami gets two recruits from Alabama, and you start pulling these guys away, Alabama's not as good. And it, it kind of it spreads the talent around a little bit. And then we're seeing that happen to Alabama right now. They're still well coached. Nick Saban knows how to coach, um, but they're just not as good as we've seen in the past. And a team like Ole Miss now can certainly take advantage of that, especially defensively. As as Alabama again has has allowed late touchdown drives. That used to never be a thing they did, right? They never allowed late touchdown drives. Um, and I think Ole Miss offensively has a chance at home to win this game. I would have said two weeks ago, no chance. But I think now you have to say, hey, there's a possibility that Alabama loses two games in a row. It would be the first time that that has happened since 2007, which is Alabama's first season with Nick Saban at the helm. And also, until 2021, when Texas A&M had done it, the last time they lost to an unranked opponent in ULM, there was a lot of moving and shaking. I also think there's a great point that you raise in there about how Alabama has lost football games. The one-point loss to Texas is also on the road. Uh, The three-point loss to uh, to Tennessee – also on the road, but they, they got a defensive touchdown. And I can't remember the last time that Alabama lost a football game where they got a defensive touchdown. And then LSU Bama, Brian Kelly said, Hey, Jaden Daniels, you want to go be heroic? Mason Taylor, you want to go be heroic? You want to go win the damn game? Let's go do that. But to set that up, Dallas Turner got outrun by Jaden Daniels. I hadn't seen that before. That's the guy playing opposite Will Anderson for the folks that are uh, uninitiated and Brian Branch had to come in and play for a guy that like Malachi Moore that I just thought was going to be outstanding when he first got to Bama. A lot yeah. to clean up in as far as Alabama's bar is set. 
but by no means it's a bad football team. And frankly, Bryce Young has bailed them out of more plays than I think any other oh, quarterback been, great. in football this year. You know, just been a magician out there. He's been fabulous. And I think you're we're seeing like, you know, his ability to make these plays makes him really attractive to pro teams, right? Because um, yeah, I think we, we see at times when you what? What's so funny? I'm laughing because running for your life is what you're gonna have to do as a rookie quarterback. Well, <laughs> he's yeah, good at I mean, that. If you, if you, if you're the Texans, right? But but I think we're seeing like it's really hard for college quarterbacks that have it quote unquote easy in college where guys are open all the time to come in the NFL where the where a window is like literally the size of a ball and and like be confident in making those throws because you'd have to do it for four years in college or three years in college. It's it's tough to think to yourself, okay, this guy's not even open yet. I gotta throw him open. How often? Are quarterbacks in college football throwing guys open? Rarely, Very right? rarely. Very rarely. Yeah. And, and so I think that the ability for him to move and get out of situations and still complete passes and still kind of show that confidence, like that to me is what teams look at more, I think, now than just like, can you hit an open guy? Everyone in college football can hit an open guy. But it's these little intangible things that I think make him special that NFL teams really like when he has to make those plays when his offensive line can't block. I think that's absolutely correct. I'm going to be interested to see if Jackson Dart can match him play for play. I know Ole Miss can run the football. I know they'll try to limit the opportunities yeah, the, the, that Alabama has. The offense has for to... Mississippi makes that difficult, I think. Like, it's just, they 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 don't, they just want to get rid of the ball, like ASAP. Like, if you hit the hole in the ball, it's not what they want their offense to be. Well, hey, look, man, I'm all for Lane Kiffin pulling out a bag of tricks this weekend. If, if oh, he not will. this weekend, then, then there won't be. Right, exactly. Then, then we're both going to be looking forward to this game going on. All right, that is going to do it for this week 11 college football on Fox Spaces, brought to you by the fine folks at Wendy's. For Jeff Schwartz and our entire crew at Fox Sports and those fine folks at Wendy's, I'm RJ Young. We will see y'all the next time around. Deuces. Peace.